Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic, and quite frankly, had no idea that they were going to go on for this long. But it's really been an amazing uh, nine months of talking to really incredible people and being able to bring you some fabulous information. I am working on adding more webinars in December. We're going to just keep rolling right on through the winter, most likely. Um, and that way you'll be able to learn something and we'll all be able to kind of stay connected during this winter time when it kind of gets dark outside. Um, today my guest is Kim Bauer and she's going to talk to us about personalities. Um, Kim was recommended to me by Dr. Madeline Ward who did a webinar on um, five element th theory with horse personalities and I wanted her to come back and she said, no, you need to talk to Kim. So that was really a great recommendation from Dr. Ward. And so I'm so pleased to have you today, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us on this webinar. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, and I'll just go ahead and give a little bit of background on me while we continue to let people enter. Um, yep. So my, as you know, if people had a chance to glance at my bio, my background is in teaching. Um, and I spent 14 years teaching elementary and middle school. And one of the perks of teaching is having summers off. So I was always sort of interested in holistic care for myself and for my animals. So I started taking classes in acupressure and tradi traditional Chinese medicine back in the 90s and was hooked. And so along about that same time, a few years later, I had some horses with some health issues and I found Dr. Madeline Ward and did some consultations with her. And over the years, just kind of kept in touch. She had a group of us uh, that met, this was pre-Zoom, so we used to meet on conference calls. And um, we would regularly talk about, you know, dentistry and um, temperament typing, farriers, I mean, animal communication, a lot of really neat um, modalities. And it was nice to be with like-minded individuals. And as Madeline continued to develop her temperament typing, she would discuss more of that with us as a group. And then when she decided that she needed other people to be able to help with the interest in this, I was first in line. I was just like, okay, yeah, sign me up. This goes perfectly with the acupressure and the TCM and everything that I'm really passionate about. And so I've been um, doing temperament typing for probably 10 or 11 years. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, five years or so ago, Madeline approached me about creating an online class that shared more of this information. And so she asked me to put that together and kind of oversee it. So um, I've been, for about the last 17 years, have a bodywork business, do acupressure, massage, other modalities on horses, dogs, cats, occasional alpacas, anything with four legs. Uh, don't do don't do people, even though, you know, I've been known to show every now and then, oh, here's an acupressure point. Um, but anyway, so I'm excited to be here to talk, you know, kind of build on what Madeline shared a few months ago. Um, but yeah, that's me. So, so you've been uh, working with Madeline for 17 years. Is that what you said? 17 years is how long my business has been going. And yeah, I consulted with her probably 2003-ish. I had a couple Mustangs um, that had health issues and I was like there's got to be a better way to help them. So it's hard to believe that 2003 is 17 years ago. I just want to know right. It's like, <laughs> wow wait a second we're still in the 2000s and it's 17 years ago and I, yeah. I so where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in Oregon? I'm from Seattle originally um, and then I went to college in Southern California I lived back east for a while, but I'm a Northwestern girl, Pacific Northwest girl. So I've been um, in Oregon for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I've, I was going to the Northeast West every summer. Um, I've gone to Vashon Island and oh, various, nice. yeah, yeah, I love Vashon. I've got great friends out there and different places in Oregon and, and um, Washington State. So, um, of course, this year I didn't make my trip out for the the uh, fresh air. It's just the trees and the air are so amazing out there and just the sunlight in the summertime. So it's well, and it's really interesting you mentioned Vashon because actually um, the school I teach for, so I transitioned out of middle school, elementary school teaching and the last 17 years, in addition to my business, I've been teaching acupressure and massage classes for the Northwest School of Animal Massage, which is located on Vashon. Oh, wow. So I actually am up there fairly regularly to teach classes. Um, 
And this year with the pandemic, we weren't able to teach for a very long time. And then we tried to condense a year's worth of classes into three or four months with teaching outdoors, wearing masks, you know, it was, it was a challenge, but we, so I spent a lot of time on Vashon actually this year. Yeah, it, it's a great place. I love Vashon. And, um, yeah. Uh, it's a really fun community and, and uh, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we had a couple other people trying to get in. I'm just, um, in fact, I just had somebody right now. Let me just see if there's anybody else that I can help at the moment. I'm just checking my junk file in case. Nope. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. And if uh, more people kind of circle back and try to get a hold of me, I will just take care of that and get them into this webinar. So, all right. So let's dive in. All right. So um, I will share my screen and let's see. All right. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so this was a fun little um, postcard that Madeline had made up, and I just enjoyed it. So I thought I would just sort of set the tone with this. Um, and then what I wanted to do was give some background on the five element theory, just um, to kind of set the stage. And then we'll talk more about how you would handle or train each of the temperament types. And when Madeline and I were first talking about um, me doing this webinar and, and it being on training, my first thought was, well, I'm not a trainer. So, you know, I shouldn't probably be talking about training. And then as I thought more about it, I said, well, okay, but it doesn't really matter because the whole point of this is if you understand how to interact with each type, it's going to be, you know, the whole approach of how you're going to train them, how you're going to feed them, how you're going to house them all of that. So, um, so I thought we would set the stage first with talking about the five element theory. And for people that um, aren't too familiar with traditional Chinese medicine, which I will probably just say TCM from here on out, um, there are a couple different theories. And Wendy, please, at any point, stop me or ask questions or whatever, because I tend to get a little excited and get going. And so if I no need worries. to, if you need to clarify, or I need to clarify, let me know. Okay. Um, but basically, there's two theories in, in TCM, and one is yin-yang theory, which is talking about kind of um, thing, everything is either yin or yang in nature, depending on what you're comparing it to. The other theory is five element theory, which came along a little bit later. And what the ancient Chinese were doing was they were looking at cycles and things that were going on in nature and applying that information to the body. So if you live, like I live in an agricultural area and there's a lot of, we have a lot of orchards and um, hay fields. So if you, if you live in that type of environment or you know about it, you know that there are certain things need to happen at certain times of the year. So the crops need to be planted at a certain time and then there needs to be enough heat in the form of sun for the crops to grow and then they need to be harvested and then they're stored and there's this continuous cycle. So if we look at the five elements which are shown here, I generally start by talking about wood and each of these, each, each of these elements has a season and a climate and a color and emotion and all that. So I just wanted to talk about those because that would help somebody to understand a little bit more about what potential temperament type their horse might be. Um, so we start in the, with the green one, which is wood. So the season for wood is spring. So the, the, the energy around that season is kind of this upward, outward, expansive feeling of, oh my gosh, we survived winter. And, you know, there's a little bit of green grass and things are starting to bloom and everybody all of a sudden thinks, oh, I'm going to start a running program or I'm going to start, you know, it's the weekend warrior thing. And so the energy around it can be um, kind of explosive, but also erratic because we have wide temperature changes and it might be sunny and then it might be hailing, it might be super windy. So the season for the wood element is spring 
and it's related to birth or germination or, or planting the crop, the climate for that season is wind. And I've written here also EPF, which stands for um, external pathogenic factor, which each of these elements has a climate or a, a pathogenic factor that can injure it. So wood is really damaged by wind and wind is a necessary thing and you need the trees to be flexible enough in the wind to move and not break but it's also the wind is getting rid of the old dead wood so it can be helpful but too much wood can be damaging and then the color is green and as i mentioned you know you kind of almost get that bright fluorescent green of new growth the emotion that goes with the wood element is um, one of anger or um, irritation. Um, and then the organs in, a, in TCM are the liver and the gallbladder. Horses don't have a gallbladder, but they do have the meridian. And I don't know if, if that's why some of them tend to have tendon and ligament injuries, but the, um, the tissue that is related to the wood element is the connective tissue. So tendons and ligaments, um, the orifice is the eye. So if you have a horse that perhaps in the spring all of a sudden has a ligament injury and um, maybe they have a little bit of uveitis or something, you might start thinking that they have some tendencies in the wood element. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then wood, ideally, the next uh, one in the cycle is fire. So wood is considered to kind of be the mother of or create fire and or fuel fire, if you will. So for fire, that's the summertime. So that's when we have the most heat, we have the most daylight. It's when people and animals seem to be the most active. The tendency or the, the potential issue here can be too much heat can help or can create a horse burnout, right? So they're going, 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 they start the season strong and partway through they burn out because their fire element hasn't been managed well. So the climate or the external pathogenic factor that impacts a fire horse is going to be heat. So again, we'd be looking at things like nutrition. Are they being fed too many hot foods? Because foods have properties where they're, they're either cooling or warming or neutral. And then the color is red. So it might be, for whatever reason, this horse is decked out. They've got a red halter, red lead rope, red blanket. And it's like, nope, they really need some blue in their environment to kind of balance out. You know, so it's, it can be a fun activity. And I've done this with client horses where I've actually said, I don't think your horse needs whatever color halter they have. And we've actually laid out five different halters in each color and let the horse pick. Um, so it's, you know, it can be something to play with. Um, so the emotion that goes with the fire, um, fire element is kind of anxiety or mania. And the organs related to the fire element are the heart and the small intestine and the pericardium, which is the heart protector. And then something called the triple heater, which is unique to, to TCM, and it's uh, kind of the thermoregulator of the body. It divides the body into three regions. That's why it's called triple. And it, it um, helps to circulate chi uh, in the body. So if you have a horse that is anxious all the time and the heart really doesn't do well with heat, you may get kind of this mania or you look at them and they're kind of wild-eyed and they're manic and um, what you're going to need to do is, is cool them down somehow. Uh, the orifice related to the fire element is the tongue. So these might be the horses that are rolling their tongue, playing with their tongue, um, busy with their tongue. And then the tissue or the system of the body is the cardiovascular system. These sometimes are horses that either sweat a lot or they don't sweat enough, like an anhydrosis. Mm. You'd be thinking fire element, okay? So from there- I have a fire horse, so I, I can relate. Can to relate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And when he was, when he was good, he was the most gregarious and sweetest horse on the planet. But when, when he was upset, he would be hysterical, literally hysterical, but it wasn't very often, but it, it, it was fascinating to see such a ground, you know, such a great guy be so upset about something. (laughs) Well, exactly. And I think, you know, the whole point in, in sharing this information is hopefully that if we understand why our horse is the way they are, what their tendencies are when they get stressed or whatever, that we can prevent it, you know, or feed them a different way. Or, you know, it's, it's always in hindsight where we're like, oh, I had a horse that was this, I wish I'd known this then, right? Um, and I think for the most part, people are doing the best they can with what they know. But I always, I have found it to be very enlightening to look at client horses or my own horses with this. And it's like, okay, the way I'm going to handle my earth horse is going to be completely different than the way I'm going to handle my fire wood horse. Right. So, right. And it's different than, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing personality assessments on horses, but that assumes a certain amount of frontal lobe that horses, in my opinion, it assumes amount of frontal lobe that horses don't have. Whereas this is, uh, when we're looking at it from the five element theory, it, it's, how do I put it? It's more characteristics as opposed to personalities. Right. And it's tendencies. So what I like to tell people is it's like, okay, just because your horse does one thing or has a certain emotion doesn't mean they're that type. So we're looking for patterns or tendencies that, so, you know, when someone contacts me about temperament typing their horse, I'm asking for things like, I need a headshot, I need a full body shot, and then I have a questionnaire that I have them fill out with some pretty specific questions so that I can kind of zero in on what I think the underlying type is. And they might be born a certain type, which doesn't necessarily have to do with when they were born, you know, like an astrological type thing. And our goal here isn't to put them in a box and say, they're this type, they're only gonna be this. But knowing that how they're handled and trained and whatever may mean that they're out of balance and we see them as a different type and we root all that out and then there we get to the underlying you know true temperament type yeah so yeah i think that's an important distinction that we're not talking about personality per se um but there might be some overlap all right so earth and you know there's some uh images or examples of this particular um chart where earth is in the middle with the theory being you know we've got the four main seasons and earth you go back to the earth to get grounded or nourished to be ready for the next season and i thought about that this morning because okay it's december 1st so meteorologically at least according to the weather report that i read this Mm -hmm. morning they're saying oh it's winter you know when the winter solstice isn't for what three more weeks yeah so in, in some um, images of this, Earth is in the middle because that's that three-week period where it isn't really winter yet, but it feels like winter. Like, you know, it was in the low 20s here today. We had icy roads, but the sun's out. And so it's starting to feel like winter, but it's technically not really winter yet. So in that regard, if we put Earth in the middle, we have the four seasons around it because what tends to happen is issues or health concerns may show up as we transition to the next season, like the body isn't fully prepared for it. So having said that, I still have earth on the side here, but so for earth, the the season would be kind of late summer um, when it's not, you know, peak energy heat time and we're starting to go towards there's less daylight and we're heading more towards winter so the climate of earth is more of a dampness so earth horses really don't do well with damp so they don't need a whole lot of um fat or oil or you know sweet feed or anything because these are the horses that that will manifest as stocking up um or a little bit like geldings that have swollen sheaths those are sometimes indicators of an earth imbalance Um, And the color is earth tones. It could be, you know, yellow, orange, brown, things like that. The emotion related to the earth element is more of a worry 
or an overthinking. So when an earth horse gets out of balance or stressed, they're not going to be outwardly anxious, like say a firewood, they're going to more internalize it and be a little grumpy about it. So it may take a little bit longer to realize that they're um, out of sorts, if you will, or it may end up manifesting as like they're cribbing or something that's showing you or their digestion goes off because earth horses are all about eating. Yes. So they, uh, I have one of those too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and they're wonderful, but they can get a little bit grumpy if they're not appreciated or, you know, um, or if people decide, well, and an earth horse is never going to be skinny for the most part, no. but then if people decide they're just going to feed them, you know, a flake in the morning and a flake in the evening, they're going to get a little grumpy about that. It's more about feeding them things that will help the earth element and not allow dampness to accumulate in the body, which is hard when you live in the region I do because yeah. we have a lot of dampness. <laughs> um, so the organ and the meridians for the earth element is stomach and spleen. And that's just kind of the center of the body. Um, the orifice is the mouth. So earth horses often will be kind of playful and busy with their mouths. My earth, uh, one of my Mustangs was an earth horse and he would be the one that would take out all the farrier's tools. He'd be quite pleased with himself thinking he was very helpful. He'd get a little out of sorts if he wasn't, you know, appreciated for his effort. Um, and then the tissue is the muscles and the lymphatic system. So horses that tend to maybe be sort of puffy all over that have maybe the beginnings of a metabolic issue, like an insulin resistant, um, you'd be thinking earth element for that. And then um, metal. So the metal element season is fall. And this is the time when the climate can be dry. So the lung and large intestine are the two organ meridian systems related to the metal element, and they really don't do well with dryness. Whether it's a dry heat or a dry cold, um, it can make a metal element animal a little bit more rigid than they already are. And the color tends to be like a silver or a gray. And then the emotion is, um, has more to do with grief or sadness. So oftentimes these are the animals that um, will have a respiratory issue because the lung and the large intestine are um, related to obviously taking in a good quality breath, but also letting go. And so if there's been, you know, it might be something as, as simple as, well, not simple to the horse, but moving to a new barn or losing a pasture mate and they're grieving and if they internalize it and it goes on too long, they may actually end up with like a cough or something that's now manifesting in the actual organ. Because as I mentioned earlier, the external pathogenic factors, so wind, heat, dry, cold, damp, can impact each of these elements, but there's also an internal pathogenic factor. So an emotion that the horse has that goes on too long can actually start to affect an organ. So, and then you have things that are, my mentor would call neither here nor there. So there might be trauma or surgery or something that's going to send the body out of balance and you wouldn't necessarily came from the outside or it came from the inside. Um, and then the tissue for the metal element is the skin or um, the quality of their coat or their hair. Um, with the thinking being that the exterior of the body is basically mirroring the uh, health of the lung. So it's the external manifestation of how healthy the lung is. So this might be the horse that every fall has a little bit of a dry cough, maybe some nasal discharge, um, and maybe some skin issues. And you're like, okay, they're out of balance in the metal element. Or you know that is a seasonal issue. So going into fall, you would be supporting them through nutrition and perhaps acupuncture, acupressure. And then the last one, and so at this point, we're now going more internal. So wood was that outward expansive energy of spring. Fire is kind of the ultimate, you know, energy, most energy. And then we're going now down towards conserving energy. 
So your metal horse is going to be, you know, a little bit more aloof, um, not expending as much energy as say maybe a fire horse. And then a water horse, um, the season for water is winter and the organ meridian systems are kidney and the bladder which can be damaged by cold. So it's a cold time of year. And if you have a water horse that is prone to having issues in the water element, you would probably need to support them heading into winter. So they're gonna have trouble with bones, teeth, low back. Um, the color is gonna be like a dark blue or a black almost. And then the emotion around the water element is either fear, or terror, like they are just absolutely terrified. Um, and then the orifice is the ears. So they may start to lose their hearing. You know, you think about older dogs, they kind of, or people, they go deaf and they have low back pain and bone issues. And those are all water element type things. So those are, uh, that's a rundown on how the elements are and kind of the energy of each season. And so if we were looking at how these interrelate, and part of the reason I wanted to explain these was you might have an animal, like a metal element, and I've done this, I've seen this a lot, where there's horses that are showing wood tendencies, but they're actually an out of balance metal. So the metal element was weak enough that the wood was able to go over and bully it. Because in addition to the cycle around the outside, the clockwise one, which is the creation cycle, we have what's called the control cycle, where metal is supposed to control wood. So if you think about an ax chopping down a tree, if the metal element has been weakened over time, then it may not be able to control wood. So this would be when you would see wood tendencies, but the horse isn't actually a wood type. So, so th uh, it's, it, that's really interesting because you, in other words, you could be seeing certain, uh, one of these elements, but it really wasn't the, the primary, it was a second, it's the secondary because of the weakness in the system itself. Right. And the way you're going to address it is going to be different because of that. Right. So if on the one hand, if we know we have a metal type horse, we would want to support them and feed them a certain way and um, you know, address their emotional well-being and how we're, what kind of job they're going to have and all that, but, and do it seasonally heading into the fall for sure, try to strengthen the metal element. But this is where the temperament typing can be tricky. And there were some, some horses early on when I was doing this where I typed them as a wood. And in a lot of cases, these are horses I'm not even seeing in person. Like I'm going off of pictures and then, you know, the form that my cl the clients fill out and then talking to the person. But what they were focused on were kind of the out of balance behaviors and emotions. And, and an out of balance horse that has wood tendencies can be pretty scary because they're strong and they're angry and they're pissed off and they can be dangerous. And what I came to find out was once we got the wood settled down, then you see this nice, steady, go-to metal horse. So I have to, you know, we have to be careful not to say they are this because their behavior and what's going on defines them because it might change, right? So it's trying to get to sort of the root element. And ideally, you know, Madeline and I, she was presenting at a conference here in Oregon a number of years ago. And I, she invited me to come with her and the person there had a couple of babies, a couple of foals. So we went out and that's the best time to tell what type they are because, you know, there's one that's totally precocious and coming right up and trying to make us move. And he's just like, you know, a wood. And then there's the little water one hiding behind mom, kind of peeking around and a little bit more timid or, you know, so you see kind of their, their true type and it would almost be helpful if they could be typed before they were sold, you know, in a ideal world where people are looking for, oh, I know that I want a water type horse because they have these brilliant moves and they're animated, but they need to feel safe and they need to trust. So I'm going to handle them 
you know, just so and help them build up their confidence versus someone who gets them and just scares them, you know, for whatever reason. And then you have kind of a shutdown horse that's unpredictable because when they get scared, they're going to react and it's going to be, they're looking out for themselves. Um, so depending on when we see the animal, you know, there, there may be layers that need to come off before we really see what type they are. Yeah, and so that, that's a really interesting idea to, to watch them when they're foals because you're going to get the most unbiased uh, presentation of a, of a horse that's out with a herd of other foals and mares. Um, and, and you can also have combinations of these elements in a particular horse, right? I mean, it's not like it's, um, it's not rigid in that they're only fire or only earth or only metal. You could have- Right, yeah. No, that's a, and that's a great point. So we talk about the five elements because this is the theory in TCM and, and you know, this is the one that's taught in a lot of schools. But what I think Madeline has done a really nice job with is sussing out these combinations. And there are six combination types, which she talks about in her book or um, in the online class that, um, that we've put together that talk about the other six. So you can have a fire wood or a wood fire, and you can have a fire water or a water fire, and you can have an earth metal or a metal earth. And in addition to that, you know, you might see tendencies in a couple different elements, but it may just be that the horse is one element and when they're out of balance, the ones that are supposed to control it kind of impede upon it. But these other six that, that Madeline talks about, where they come from is there are, if you study acupressure or acupuncture, where the meridians run, these are a different pairing of meridians. So like your metal, your earth metal is going to be your lung and your spleen. So they're mirror images. One is on the front leg, one meridian's on the front leg, one's on the hind leg. But it's not going to be like half earth, half metal. It, it makes its own type with its own unique temperaments and tendencies and health issues and all that. Um, so yeah. There are those. And that's where a lot of times people will contact us for help with typing their horse because they've read up on horsetemperament.com and they're like, okay, I think I have a fire horse, but they're also showing these other tendencies and then they'll contact us and say, can you help me? So, so if somebody wanted to just start to get a, uh, an idea of their horse's temperament type, would it I mean, is the best thing to just have them in a field with other horses and just observe them? Is that like, if I was to want to go out, I mean, my horses, I have Dr. Joyce Harmon where my horses live. So I have a lot of help. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, the, my horses are at her house. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, but if somebody wanted to kind of get a sense of their horse, again, going back to the idea of foals, what, is the best idea to just watch them in a group of horses and see their just general behavior? Yeah. I mean, I think a piece of it would be how do they interact with other horses? So are they the one, you know, your wood type is going to be um, the competitive one. And, and I'll talk more about these in detail in a minute, but your wood one is going to be, I'm going to win at all costs. And that's the one that's causing trouble, chasing others around. Um, it's the one that's going to come in all dinged up and bites and, you know, cause it's just a pest and it wants to, um, compete with the other ones. And your fire one is going to be a little bit more interested in being praised and admired and doesn't really want to get dirty. Um, your earth one is going to be the one that's head down eating the whole time and doesn't really care what else is going on. Right. Yep. Um, and your metal one might be off by him or herself because they, they don't, I mean, they can interact, but they're fine being by themselves and they're a little bit more kind of aloof and observing. Um, and then your waters, I mean, both your waters and your fires are absolutely beautiful movers and they're gonna run around and you know, your water's gonna be more like, ooh, look at me move, um, but maybe a little bit fearful or the one that's staring off at something in the distance that no one else is taking note of, but it might be a threat. So the water element horse is, you know, keeping an eye on that. So I think, yeah, if you watch them in their, in their environment, but also how are they interacting with their person? 
And then how are they learning when you're trying to do lessons or, you know, teach them a skill, how they do with that? Does it need to be broken down into little step by step or does it need to be take them out on the trail and just learn by doing? So, and then, you know, the other piece is going to be, um, how they look. So body types, like your fire types are more refined and delicate and pretty. Um, and your waters are, are beautiful to look at, but not quite as refined as say a fire. And then your metals might be a little bit more, and this is, you got to take into context, obviously breed, you know, so if an, an Arab horse that's a fire is going to look different than say a Percheron that's a fire. Um, and then your metal types have a little bit more of a broad forehead, um, sometimes more of a Roman nose. So they're not typically pretty, but they can be kind of regal looking. Um, yeah, so. Cool. Okay. All right. So are we, are we good for me to continue on or do we have questions or I, um, I can't see the chat from my. Um, I don't have any questions at this point. I think we're good. Why don't we just. Okay, okay perfect. All right. So. We're going to talk, what I thought I would do is go through each of the five um, types just with a little bit of more detail about them. And so the Wood Horse's motto is, I will win, and pretty much at all cost. They are uh, bold and willful horses who have speed. So a lot of your wood, a lot of your race horses are wood or metal, because those are the ones that are going to hold up really well um and they can be wood horses can be pretty agile they've got a lot of courage they want to dominate their opponent whether they're um you know they're great on cows they're the ones that pin their ears get that kind of pissy look on their face and they're just gonna get it um they learn best within the context of doing some sort of a challenging job. So they're going to get bored really easily if you try to do things with them in the arena. And if they get bored, they're going to try to find ways to entertain themselves. Um, so you really don't want to pick a fight with a wood horse, but you also need to be firm with them and kind of, they're ones where you sort of want to pick your battles. Um, and this is, you know, the other piece that we haven't really talked about is the person's temperament type. Well, I was just thinking of it. <laughs> right? Because I'm picturing someone. a wood on wood, which could just be like a really bad, <laughs> it could be great, but it could be really bad too. Like neither one's going to back down and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's something, you know, that we need to realize within ourselves in how we're going to interact with our horses. And it may be, you know, it sounds like you have an earth horse and a fire horse. Do you have another horse? Um, I, my fire horse has passed, but I, but I, I can tell you that um, I personally think I am fire and wood because reading this one really resonates, but I know that I'm fire. And when I was in a bad place with my fire horse, when I was upset, uh, it was a mess. It was, you know, I would go to the barn and want to ride my horse to feel better and my fire horse would just react to my emotions and it would just be a mess. But if I go to the barn upset and my earth horse whom I now have, then it's great because he's like, I gotcha, covered, you know, and he, and it would be totally fine. And I could be as upset as I wanted and it could be blowing wind and he'd be like, I got this. So nice. I think that it is important for us to understand our own TCM personnel, you know, temperament yeah. type, because it, I, I can't tell you how frustrating it was when I was in my unhappy fire to go to my fire horse. It just, Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I, I had similar things when I used to teach middle school and I'd come home and I'd be kind of crabby and my husband didn't want anything to do with me and neither did my horses when I would go out in the backyard and my earth one would tolerate me and my, my firewood one would be like, uh, no, we're not no, going to do can't this. Do this. <laughs> go yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's good for all of us to try to look at it from different perspectives and how we're going to interact with the animal. And I think, you know, I would hope that people that have a number of horses can take something away from this and or trainers. You know, if you have that one horse that you're training and for whatever reason, the way you train isn't working with them, whether it's either find a different trainer or find a different way to get what you're trying to get by understanding 
they're not being difficult. They may just not understand what you're asking. Right. Yeah. And, and I do oh. think that it's, you know, that if I had understood more than what I know now about the fire fire combo, I would have probably, and of course, you know, in hindsight, hindsight's always 2020 and we always go, Oh, I could have done that so differently. But, um, yeah, I think that, that that your point is well taken. That if we recognize ourselves in these personalities uh, temperaments, then we can make better choices in our training and and in our relationship with our horses. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So for a wood horse, they they don't want to work harder than they have to. Not to the extent of like an earth horse really just doesn't want to work very much. Um, a wood doesn't mind working for a job they enjoy. Um, but if you're trying to get them to do something and they don't want to do it, you may need to make extra work for them as a consequence of their bad behavior. So then they're like, okay, if I do this, then we can stop and do something I really enjoy. Um, one of the things that is important with them is to learn about patience. So that's why I have this picture here where the horse, you know, is tied high and watching other horses being worked because that's sometimes a way to keep a wood occupied is in addition to working them, put them somewhere where they can watch other things going on and they can learn to, you know, they might be pawing and trying to dig a hole to China at the same time, but they're going to learn that, okay, it's not my time and I can just sort of watch what's going on they don't necessarily pay attention to detail. They're so busy either being fast or trying to win. So these might be the ones that have the speed to, to be a good barrel racer or do some sort of timed event, but they might knock barrels down or they might knock a rail down because they're, they're not really concerned about that. They just want to win. Um, they're naturally strong, but they're not necessarily flexible. So you're going to want to help them with maybe some lateral work or things that's going to help them with flexibility and also endurance. If you have to work them in an arena, they're going to do better if you're doing things like obstacles rather than just going around in circles. Ideally, if you get them out on the trail, so you're teaching things in context, it's kind of like when I used to teach elementary school and you know, you're trying to think of real world examples. So the students are like, well, when, why do we have to learn this? When are we ever going to need to use this? So that's kind of what I think of here is if you're teaching a, a wood horse to do things in context, they might be more on board with it than um, just doing it in the arena and sort of simulating things. You want to keep their lessons fun and challenging and um, turnout's gonna be important. So they need a lot of exercise. They're not gonna do well in a stall. Um, they, they might be the ones that are constantly breaking buckets or, you know, knocking down boards or, you know, wreaking havoc on their space if they aren't uh, sufficiently tired out. And there's times when you're working with them when they may get kind of sticky feet where they decide, I, I don't want to do that. Um, so you don't want to argue with them, but you want to try to find a way to get them to move off of your leg. Um, you don't necessarily want to put pressure on their face because that might, or their head, that may turn into a bit of a battle. So basically, you want to give them somewhere to go, uh, handle them firmly and consistently, give them some kind of a physical or competitive job, and then reward them um, with quitting whatever exercise you're doing and let them do something that they enjoy doing. These guys in particular, uh, the wood element, they have trouble with too many chemicals or toxins in their environment. So, you know, wanting to keep vaccines to a minimum, fly, you know, not a whole lot of chemical fly sprays, not a whole lot of ingredients in whatever um, you're feeding them if they're getting supplements or whatnot. And one of the things I just wanted to mention briefly, partly because it came up in, um, talking about a metal horse that shows wood tendencies. And I've seen a number of horses where people have consulted me because they were showing wood tendencies, is Madeline created these balancing formulas a number of years ago. 
And the beauty of them is they're not supplements. They're meant to help balance a particular type. And they work really well on behavioral issues or ones related to like the climate. And they're made with a combination of herbs and amino acids. So I've had some good results with people whose horses were out of balance in the wood element of adding in the wood balancing formula eight days out of every month just to kind of keep things balanced. Um, and that's made some pretty dramatic changes, actually. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there as an option. All right, so then I was gonna, next one we're talking about is fire. So the fire horse is the look at me. These are the, um, they like to be in the spotlight. They like to be admired. They want to be told. Um, how pretty they are, how special they are. They want lots of praise. They, um, they can be quick and athletic, but they can also burn out really quickly. And I, I was thinking this morning, sometimes phrases people say when they're describing their horse kind of gives you a, a little snippet of um, insight as to what type they might be. So oftentimes if someone says that their horse tries their heart out, that to me means yeah, they might have some fire tendencies or people talk about, you know, their heart horse. Like, okay, is there some fire here where they're, they have this connection with them? Um, so these horses can be pretty sensitive and they're gonna need an owner or a handler that recognizes the sensitivity. Um, they do like to learn and they, and they like to please and they also want praise for it. So they might get their feelings hurt if they feel like their effort wasn't appreciated. So in an attempt to please, they might try lots of things and maybe get something wrong, but rather than giving harsh criticism, it's more trying to give them praise for trying and showing them what you wanted. And then they'll kind of relax and be like, oh, okay. And then they can do what they were supposed to be doing. So you kind of want to keep their activities light, um, fun, stimulating, shorter sessions than maybe some of, like a wood horse, you could work for longer than you would a fire horse. If they get pushed past their abilities or when they're, if they're, you know, punished for trying, um, they may get anxious and they might start getting high headed and then it might just be a downward spiral from there. Um, so trying to work them out of it is not necessarily going to be the way to handle it. You're going to want to break it down into smaller pieces for them. Um, and there, once they have learned skills in one area, it's actually pretty easy for them to apply it in another area. Whereas some of your other ones, like your metal, are very methodical and that, that doesn't work quite as well. Um, so. I think the key with a fire horse is trying to keep it a low stress environment. That's going to pay off in training because if they are anxious all the time because they're not sure of what's being asked of them and maybe they're being fed some hotter feeds, um, then they're going to burn out. They like to go, they don't necessarily have an issue with going forward, but they may resist flexing or bending through their ribs. Um, and so if they're not particularly soft when you're trying to get them to bend, you want to increase the leg pressure and then um, give them lots of praise, even for like one small step forward. The key here is gonna be patient. Um, and these horses have a very low pain tolerance. So you really want to rule out any sort of pain for what, if that may be causing anxiety or stress. Um, you know, these are horses that might have some issues with their small intestine, since we're talking heart and small intestine meridians and organs here. So perhaps ulcers or leaky gut type things. Um, and both the fire and water, because those kind of balance each other. Both the fire and water horses can have trouble with adrenals, like their adrenals getting drained from too much anxiety or too much fear. So you're nodding your head a few times. Sounds like some of this. <laughs> oh, this sounds like my fire horse, my little Andy horse. Um, 
he loved people to pay attention to him. He was so gregarious and he was uh, quick, athletic. He was a, a reigning quarter horse, uh, mm -hmm. very typey Hollywood done it, not Hollywood done it, mm -hmm. sorry, uh, Don Keo, uh, Oki Leo. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, but he would get anxious and, um, you know, it was, he would try too hard. He would just try yeah. too hard. Um, and it was really hard to get him to not try hard, right? Just, just yeah, quietly learn a lesson. And he's like, would just try, and it's yeah. So this this sounds very familiar. Yeah, and I mean they're wonderful horses, but I think we just have to. And it's hard because they like the spotlight, so they, they kind of want to go, go, go. But then for whatever reason, you know, like I said, they burn out, and so it's like trying to figure out how to support them throughout whatever season. And I think the other issue that some of these horses face and potentially maybe fire and water more than others are, you know, if they don't get downtime, like they don't have time off in the winter because maybe they head south and now they're competing in Florida or Arizona or wherever. And so realizing that for some of these horses, they really do need their downtime. Whereas like a wood horse probably doesn't need downtime. They just need to keep going. All right, so should we talk about earth? Yes. <laughs> okay, so earth horses are just, they want to be a team. They, um, they're the ones where kind of slow and steady wins the race. They are great with kids. They're great with beginners. They really just want to be a partnership and kind of hang out. Now, that's not to say that they can't do well in, um, certain events, they can, they can do speed events, but they're gonna be more getting um, good times for being consistent. Whereas, you know, your wood type might be faster, but they're gonna knock things down and your earth horse might be more consistent. So when you're working with them, you wanna share the lessons with them or present the lessons in kind of an orderly and fair fashion. Fairness is huge with earth horses. Yeah. They need some praise but they don't necessarily need, you know, the admiration and all that the fire horse needs. Um, once they know have, and have, they understand what's being asked and they've learned the task, you don't want to then keep adding new challenges because they're going to get a little bit out of sorts if they're not properly rewarded for um, getting the first thing that was being asked of them. And they will worry if their, if their routine changes. They're very much creatures of habit. Um, so these are the ones that might get out of sorts and, and start cribbing or have digestive issues or, or things like that. Um, they are going to expend the least amount of energy to get the job done. They're very good at conserving energy. I had, one of my Mustangs was an earth horse and my other one was a, a firewood or a, yeah. And I, when they were yearlings, I was doing clicker training with them just to get them to do, go over poles and do various things. So my earth horse would do it and then he, I'd click and he'd get a carrot. Well, he finally just decided that this was stupid and he knew where the treats were and couldn't he just, you know, mug me and get them from the fanny pack versus my fire wood type who was quite pleased with himself and loved to do all the things and got to the point where he would see me coming out of the house and he would start going through the paces. He'd be like, and then he'd look and like, did she see me? He'd like, how'd I do? So he was already ready to do it and would do it over and over and over just so that he could be, you know, praised and that he was dominating. And my other one was like, yeah, this is stupid. Um, so they don't need a whole lot of pressure to get um, things done, but there may be times like if you're trying to get them to move their feet and they don't, want to say go in a trailer and they're just plant it and they're like nope not moving these would be ones where you make them move their feet expend more energy and then they can go rest in the trailer and they're going to pretty quickly get it oh okay if i go in the trailer i don't have to work so the key is going to be don't ask for too much too fast with these guys um and they're not the most physically flexible so you don't necessarily want to ask for like deep collection early on in the training. As they get more supple, you can ask for more. Um, and then when they do well, you want to reward them with a nice break from work. And if you want to throw in a treat, 
that would be great too. So they're not super ambitious. And I think a lot of times people might say, oh, well, they're kind of lazy, but they're not lazy. They just, they just want to do what they're going to do. And then they want to go back to eating and they want to be you know, praised for it as well. All right, and then we've got our metal horse. So these are kind of your quintessential ranch horses or working horses that wanna know what their job is. They want to have a clear job. So they aren't necessarily going to want to do lots of different disciplines. And the key is repetition with them. Um, of all the types, and I take offense with what I'm about to say because I am primarily a metal type. I think I'm a metal earth. But so whenever the, Madeline talks about of, you know, this is the type that is the slowest to grasp new concepts. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It's not that they're <laughs> slow, <laughs> but it's, but they're very methodical and they're kind of perfectionists. So they want, they want to do it right. And they want to take the time to make sure they know how to do it right. And then once they've got it, they don't want to be told how to do it, right? So don't tell me how to do my job. Those are kind of your, your medals. Um, so you want to make sure that they master whatever skill you're, you're teaching them before you move on to the next one. And you really want to make sure before you get after them that they understand what you're asking. So they, they thrive on consistency. They're not very flexible in um, physically, probably not mentally either. They're kind of stuck in their ways. Um, so you're gonna wanna do maybe some suppling exercises and then um, maybe you know some trotting or things that are gonna give them some uh, condition. But you, you, you need to be fair and you need to respect them. These are ones that if they don't feel they're respected or they feel like you're getting in the way of them doing their job, they'll shut down and be even more rigid. Um, and then they like to be left alone. So it's like, pull them out of the pasture, let them do their job, put them away, and they'll go back to just hanging out. They, they may or may not interact with the other horses, um, but they're, not, they're ones that don't want to be loved on or prettied up or anything like the fire types. And they, they're pretty strong. And they have, a, of all the types, the metals have the highest pain tolerance. So if you have a metal horse and they're starting to act like, you know, something's off or they've got some pain or whatever, you need to pay attention because it probably was a long time coming. Um, whereas your fire and your waters are very much low pain and earth, a little bit more pain tolerant, wood, pretty pain tolerant, and metal is the most highest pain tolerance. Um, and they do well with a routine, whether it's in training or, you know, with their job, or these are ones that might have a hard time if you move them to a new barn or you put them in a different stall. Like, you know, don't rearrange the furniture because it's going to throw them for a loop. Um, in people, sometimes they talk about, you know, how they're very anal retentive. Things need to be just so. And that's that's the way the metal horse is. And then lastly, we have the water. So the water horses are very elegant movers. They're natural athletes. They're very smart. They have a lot of animation and excitement in their movement. And I think sometimes this is exploited because when they are afraid, they become even more animated. And so the key in them being healthy and balanced is they need to feel safe. If they don't feel safe, um, this is where you're gonna have some adrenal burnout because the adrenals are related to the kidneys in traditional Chinese medicine and the water element is kidney and bladder. And this type can have trouble with um, minerals, like they need a lot of minerals to support their bones. These are horses that can break down early in life with some, you know, like kissing spine or bone issues just because their, their minerals are just being flushed through their body constantly if they're, if they're fearful all the time. And these are ones who I think really need a good 
safe start in life um, because a lot of them, they end up emotionally damaged because they were handled poorly or maybe they were sent off for training and the trainer didn't understand the way they need to learn. And so when the person gets them back, they're a completely different horse and they're spooky and they're afraid and um, they're a little bit out of control. So having said that, they're not good for beginners. So they, they can be a little bit uh, too much horse for beginners, as can wood. I would say if a beginner, you would want an earth horse or probably a metal horse. Fire, if you can handle the anxiety. Um, so the water horses need to draw their confidence from their person. So their rider, their trainer needs to help them build confidence. And the best way to help them gain some confidence is to expose them to experiences, you know, as much as possible early on when it's in a controlled environment. So they get used to responding rather than reacting. And these are ones that a lot of times they need to be able to move their feet in order to be able to think. Um, and if that's taken away from them, then they might rear or you know, have a panic, kind of a panic attack. So groundwork with lots of poles, tarps, things that are gonna help them figure it out and realize they're not gonna get them um, so they can think things through. They also can have some uh, body soreness. So more movement type activities with some of these obstacles is gonna help with any potential um, body soreness. They, um, their fight or flight reflex is really, really um, strong, as is the fire horses. So they need to be able to move, especially their hind feet, because then it's going to be harder for them to rear if, if you can get them to move their hind feet. And I think the key thing with water types is going to be time and patience, lots and lots of patience. Um, these are the type that really can't stand pain of any kind. And even if the pain is gone, they may still anticipate that it's gonna be painful because maybe it was painful in the past. So um, their memories of pain can often remain even after the issue is dealt with. So maybe there's some teeth pain because TCM, in TCM, teeth are seen as an extension of bone. So dental issues, teeth issues, would be related to the water element. Maybe they had some sharp points and then the dentist got those um, taken off, but they're still anticipating when they chew a certain way or when the bit's in their mouth that it's gonna be painful. Um, so they're gonna do well with jobs that are more technical and not necessarily demanding because they're not gonna hold up probably to the rigors of a more demanding job. All right. And then my last slide is just um, oh, letting so people know that if, if they want to know more about horse temperament typing, you know, Madeline's website, horsetemperament.com, has lots of great information on the five types and um, like certain feeds that are good for them, as well as problem feeds that you wouldn't feed, say, a fire horse or, you know, a wood horse. And then um, there's information about the balancing formulas that I mentioned. And then there's also, you know, if you get to the point where you're like, okay, I need help, there's a link to um, a consultation that you could do. And there's also information about um, if you wanted to take the online class, um, that goes through the five types we've talked about and then the six combination types. And it's, it's all online and it's open to anybody. Um, so that's, that's very, we had one question. Um, let me just pull it up. Um, are metal horses bothered by inconsistent schedules more than others? Yeah. Okay. They definitely are because they are very much, um, creatures of habit and like routine. I would say the the ones that are next most bothered by that would be earth. Yeah. They like routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and they want to be fed at a certain time, right? They, they want to be fed. <laughs> yes, all the time, but it's specifically when it is feeding time. 
Well, this is, you know, this is great. This is a really fascinating and it, and it adds more detail to understanding some of these personalities. And I can so see um, my horse's personalities that I've had. I have one that I'm not quite sure about, but he's, he's been out by him. Uh, he's basically been not handled much for about 10 years. He's just been in the, in with the other two. And now I'm starting to work with him and I'm not quite sure I can uh, figure out what his personality type is from this, but I'm certainly going to put a lot of thought into it now and kind of pay a bit more attention because um, I think I might be dealing with a horse that's not showing his true personality just yet because there's a lot of resistance to just requests. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, I've been out here for 10 years. Now you want me to do something? Do something, yeah. And you, and you want me to do what? And, um, you know, and, but I, I can see that when I get through that underlying resistance, there's actually somebody who's really enjoying work. So mm. um, he actually is the one of all the horses. He's the one that comes up to the gate when my car drives up. Oh, so nice. Yeah. So it's really kind of fun. So I'm going to have to put some thought into that um, to figure out what he, he is. Um, if you don't mind just unsharing your screen, we'll wrap this up. And I think this has been fabulous. I'm, I'm going to ask you a, a question of whether or not you'd be willing to come back and actually like take a couple of case studies and walk us through how you determine that personality type with a case study. Because I, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of see how you work that through in practice. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd love to do that. I would need, um, would you want me to do like share ones I've already done or you, do you want me just to, or do you want to surprise me with some and have me do it? I think it'd probably be ones that you've done to start okay. with because okay. you know them and you can take us through how you process that. Maybe one that wasn't necessarily so obvious in the beginning, maybe had a little overlaying something mm -hmm. and then how you kind of came to that understanding because like, you know, it was so easy for me to peg earth and to peg fire. But right. I think some of these others get a little, um, little more subtle and nuanced. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to do that. I would just need to check with, um, get permission from whoever's horse it is first. Exactly. So I'll have to look through so my files. But, and January, then also, because I think that'd be just really fun to, to yeah. see how you process that. Oh yeah, on game. Awesome, fun. great. I love having my guests come back and kind of layer on. I just think it's really, it's, um, it, it's, you know, this is a nice progression. Now it's like kind of a little bit in action. And then we might even do another one where we go, okay, here's this horse and let's figure it out. That'd be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. And I'm really sorry for everybody that tried to get to this webinar and, and couldn't because of my failure. I'm really apologize about that. Um, but of course, this and all of the webinars are recorded, except for the one I missed with Andrea Wadey. Those of you who are looking for that one, we're going to do a repeat with Andrea um, next week. Um, so anyway, you can find this and all the other webinars on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. If you subscribe, you'll get a notification every time we put up another video. Kim, I want to thank you so much. This has been really fun. It's so nice to meet you. And uh, just Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's wonderful to meet you. And I could talk about this stuff all day long, so I'd be happy to come back. Awesome. Well, that'd be great fun. I'll get in touch with you and we'll set up a date. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. And thanks everybody who did manage to get into the webinar. And wait, there's one last question in the chat. Oh, they oh they'd love a case study discussion. So great. We'll get that oh, set. Good. Okay. Awesome. Thank you and have a great day. Bye. Bye.